The first time I went on the Haunted Mansion ride at Disney World, I wanted nothing more than to get out of that little car and walk right into the world of the ride. I think it's common for a lot of kids to think that's possible. I think maybe my guest today had similar ideas because, in a way, he has made that possible. On this episode, we're talking with Vince Kadlubeck, CEO and co-founder of Meow Wolf. He leads an art collective that builds actual alternate realities that you can walk through and interact with. Live from Las Vegas, it's where we buy. That's right, Vince. You're listening to Where We Buy. It's the show about the things we buy and the places we buy them. We are recording live in front of a studio audience at the Las Vegas Convention Center on the stage at Recon, the world's largest gathering of retail real estate people. My name is James Cook. I research retail and real estate for JLL. This is the show where we talk with retail experts and visit shopping spots across the nation. All right, Vince Kadlubeck, CEO and co-founder of Meow Wolf. Vince, this is your second time on Where We Buy. About a year ago, we talked. You told us the rather incredible origin story of Meow Wolf. Listeners can check out episode 72 for more details on that. We also talked about Area 15, which is under construction here in Las Vegas. What's Give us the elevator for those folks out there who haven't heard that. What's the short description of Meow Wolf? Is there a short description? Uh, yeah, short description is a tough thing for me to do. But essentially, we build like large-scale, immersive, interactive uh, fantasy lands for kids and teenagers and adults. Basically, places like that are immersive storytelling experiences that people can... Um, explore and crawl through and climb through. Um, so it's kind of like an indoor imagination playground. That's the best I could do. You guys may not know it, but I think Vince is probably the coolest guy at this conference. The <laughs> stuff that they have, they have built at the uh, the House of Eternal Return yeah. in uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico. It, isn't it the number one tourist attraction in the in the state? It was number one tourist attraction in the state of New Mexico. Yeah, it was just rated like the number four coolest thing to do by Time Out magazine in the world. How many visitors do you get there? We get 500. So Santa Fe is a city of 75,000 people, and we do about 500,000 visitors per year to the, to the exhibition. That's fantastic. So you built this interactive art installation. Yeah. It proved to be a huge moneymaker. Unexpected? Unexpected. I mean, we thought, you know, we thought 100,000 visitors per year was going to be, you know, a solid number for us. So doing 500,000 a year, I mean, it's just been a dealing with the throughput. So we can do about 350 people per hour through our, through our exhibition. And so that's kind of what separates us out from all other sort of experiential economy types of tenants is that we can do 350 people per hour. We plan in our future exhibitions to do five, six, 700 people per hour. And that's at like 25 to $35 per head. So, you know, we'll do, we'll do days of a hundred thousand dollars of revenue um, in a given day, um, over through a 10,000 square foot space. Wow. Yeah, that's great throughput. You compare that with something like a virtual 
reality totally. thing. It's, you know, I don't yeah. know. It's like, what, 20 people uh, per hour? Yeah, right. Yeah, probably. I mean, they're awesome, but the right. throughput's not huge. Totally. So you guys were successful with your first project. Well, this wasn't your first project, but you had a huge success with the House of Eternal Return. Yeah. It seems like you've gotten really ambitious. You have tons of plans. I want to talk a little bit about your plans, and I'm trying to think of where to start. Sure. Let's start in Vegas. Yeah. So we've got a project right off the strip called Area 15, which is an experiential... Well, well tell, us, tell us about that and tell how Meow Wolf plays into that. Yeah, so Area 15 is a project um, by uh, Winston Fisher and Michael Beneville, Winston Fisher of the Fisher Brothers uh, out of New York. And um, it's an experiential mall. It's um, every tenant in the, in the, in the space is, um, taking some new twist on something that you might know. So there's attractions, there's VR, there's AR, there's immersive F&B, there's event space. And it's really meant to be like kind of culture first, entertainment forward mall experience. Um, it's very Burning Man-ish. It has like a Mad Max aesthetic. It's like themed. It's like a themed mall. Um, in a way that we, I don't think we've really seen much of. And we're the anchor tenant. So it's right off of I-15. It's about, you know, five minute drive from, you know, the, the strip by like the north, north side of the strip. And, um, it's gonna hopefully open in the next, you know, eight to 12 months. And, uh, we're the anchor tenant. We take up about 60,000 square feet of, of this mall. It's a 60,000 square foot interactive art. Let's give us a taste. A visitor buys a ticket for what? $35? Yeah, 35 bucks, 40 bucks. Okay, you buy a 40 buck ticket. What, what are you walking into? You're walking into another dimension. You know, we want people to feel like they're going to be entering something that has no rules. They get to explore. They get to discover. We don't tell them what to do. It's not over-programmed. It's not like you buy a ticket and then you're sent into this room and then you're, you have to put on this thing and then you go over you're here and you put on this thing. You're not solving a mystery. There's no escape roomness to it. It's like, here's a, here's a, you buy your ticket. It's like, now go explore. And so they're going to basically explore 60,000 square feet of the most beautiful, the most abstract, the most weird, trippy explorable, like uh, climbable, crawlable, various rooms, secret passageways, um, interactive art, new media art. Um, there is a story embedded through the whole thing. So it's like a storytelling experience at the heart of it, like, like um, a spatial storytelling experience. But ultimately, it's just up to the individual person as to how they might experience a meow wolf. You know, for a seven-year-old, it's the coolest playground they've ever been to. It's like the absolute most amazing imaginative place they've ever been. To an adult, to somebody who's like 40 or 50 years old, they might be looking at like how it was made or what's the story behind it. Or they might just sit down and watch other people walk through this crazy space. So, you know, we're really trying to break the barriers of what people think as normal commerce and really just kind of allow for um, a whole new type of like alternative reality or alternative economy to exist within within a space thinking about like how you scale what you guys do you yeah. create this original one but you're not doing a replica of that here in vegas no. you're doing a whole new experience whole new experience yeah nothing at the vegas experience has been was done in santa fe so all the rooms are new rooms whole new artists you know, our international artists, artists from Japan, from, from, from Switzerland. Um, we have, you know, people, um, 
you know, all new types of technology is going to be used in this one. When, when somebody walks into a Meow Wolf space, we want them, their jaws to drop and we want them to say, wow, I have never seen anything like this before. What is this? Basically. For those folks in the audience who aren't aware of the insanity that you guys have created, yeah. just give like, what's one crazy thing that they would see in Santa Fe? So you might go inside. So we have a two-story Victorian house and you go inside of the Victorian house and you walk through a, a, the family's living room and then you walk through their dining room. And as you pass by their dining room table, the table starts to shake as if something happened there. And, and, the, and, and a picture on the wall starts to get animated. And so things are kind of weird. Then you go into the kitchen and, and you might open up the fridge and instead of there being food in the fridge, it's a portal to another dimension. And you walk through that hallway and you end up into a um, interdimensional travel agency that's called Portals Bermuda that has like 15 different little mini rooms throughout it that are like in the, in a completely different sort of dimension, time and space. And then you might crawl through the like dryer of the family's, uh, like the family's laundry room and through the dryer, then you end up into this like multicolored hallucinogenic, a psychedelic tree forest where there's tree houses everywhere and you can crawl through all the different tree houses and some slides that go down to the to the ground floor into a cave where there's a mastodon bones and you can play the mastodon bones like a marimba and so you can grab these mallets and then start playing the mastodon bones and the mastodon's like you know 12 feet tall like you know 16 feet long and so there's multiple people kind of playing the mastodon together as like an instrument so a lot of interactive instruments and slides and rooms turning into other rooms turning into other rooms crawling through cabinets yeah so it's like really meant to be like you're you're you know tripping got it got it all right man people love it kids love it it's, adults love it right it's and a safe way to lose your mind it sounds like a crazy video game but it's yeah. all real it's all practical totally. stuff you guys have built yeah and it's very durable too because all these hundreds of people are interacting yeah with all of this stuff yeah we design stuff for drunk adults and sober kids which are like the two most destructive forces in the universe so <laughs> we have a bar we have a full li liquor license oh you do we, yeah we encourage people to like be inebriated in our space it's not we're not precious about our work it's like come and like have fun have a mind-blowing experience at meow wolf and you guys do concerts too yeah right? totally we have like sold out shows we have a music venue inside of the exhibition so you have to like crawl through some secret passageways and then you end up in this 400 person capacity music venue with like insane sound system and we throw dance parties hip-hop shows have like you know drag shows we just kind of like go crazy inside of this music venue oh my god yeah it's it's awesome i mean it's culture first you know I that's the thing it. it's like it's culture first and then anything else derived from culture okay so what else do we need to talk about we need to talk about denver so what's you guys are doing one in Denver too? Yeah, so so we got Vegas opening first. Okay. Denver will be second. Then Washington D.C. Then Phoenix. We're probably going to announce another I don't know four or five cities yeah. in the next year or two. Um, you know, we're really trying to see how how much we can expand this concept. But Denver is going to be crazy. Denver is being built right next to Mile High Stadium. It's a it's a seventy foot tall building that's a new build that's uh, in total about a hundred thousand square feet. And it's just us. So we're the, we're the only tenant. It's our building. That's huge. And it's like right across the river from Mile High and right along I-25. And yeah, that's going to be crazy. That project is like, that's probably like two years out from opening. And it's just totally insane. Like the, the Denver Meow Wolf is going to be, I hope, to the 21st century what Disneyland was to 
the 20th century. Like, I want it to be a completely mind-blowing new take on experience, storytelling, attraction, innovation, like, imagination, you know, and that's what we're going for. So it's, it's, it's ambitious. How many, so how many artists are you having to hire to build all this stuff? It just yeah. seems huge because you can't really, everything seems so original. It's not like you can replicate. You've got to have all these, this original artistic work, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, we, we have on, on our staff full time, we have 400 people. So those are 400 artists who are working kind of around the clock just to produce, to produce these shows. And then we work contracted. We work with another, I don't know, three, 400 contracted artists, um, usually localized. So it's really important to us that when we, move, when we move into a city, that we work with the creative community of that city. And so that these projects have like the real heartbeat of the city that we're moving into. Um, thinking about scalability in that way. And then we also work with like theme contractors and the theme contractors are, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people, general contractors. I mean, it's, you know, the projects take thousands of people in order to get it finished. Wow. Okay. So Denver is going to be huge. DC, are you doing it in the city in DC? Yeah, it's within, it's like the North, uh, Northeast quadrant. It's in a place called Fort Totten in the belt, in the beltway. Gotcha. Okay. Am I missing anything? Well, we haven't talked about Phoenix. Phoenix. So Phoenix is a hotel. Yeah, so that, that sure, project we just announced, yeah. So this is a, tw- uh, gosh, 25-story, 400-room hotel that will be a Meow Wolf hotel. But it's, but it's a Meow Wolf hotel and a Meow Wolf exhibition. And so I guess think about it this way. Like, we'll have a million and a half visitors to the hotel on an annual basis that don't stay overnight in rooms. They're just exploring the hotel and they're exploring the various crazy secret passageways of the hotel and the various mind-bending rooms. And then we'll have maybe like, I don't know, 250,000 people a year or maybe 100,000 people a year who actually stay overnight in that hotel that other people are exploring. And so the attraction is the hotel. And I think that that's the weird thing about this is that people will fly, will come to Phoenix to visit a hotel, stay overnight in that hotel. The hotel is the attraction. And so, um, you know, and it's going to be crazy. That's, that's like, that project is a, you know, $200 million project. It's like absurd. Do you, do you have the, have you purchased the hotel or is it like a? It's a new build. Oh, it's a new build. Yeah, it's with a a developer, um, True North Studios in, um, in Phoenix. Yeah. Gotcha. Interesting. So yeah, I imagine so many possibilities for you, like going totally. into different rooms and different stories. Yeah, so one of the things I don't want to do, so, so like the rooms that guests are going into who aren't staying overnight, like the rooms that they're exploring, those aren't actual, those are like fictitious hotel rooms. But like one of the ones that I like is like, you know, if I'm staying overnight, I might go in to my room and I might go into the bathroom and instead of a bathtub, like the, the bathtub opens up like a hatch and it's a and it's a slide then down into like a playground area or maybe it's a slide down into a pool area or something so like just using people's hotel rooms as the access point for their secret passageways and sort of breaking through other dimensions for them oh my god didn't i read that that disney is doing a star wars so that that hotel is very similar to like what i mean in 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 like the, the yeah like the the heart of that hotel is very similar to the heart that we're going for in ours it's like wanting to blend the hotel experience with a storytelling experience yeah so there's a this 
uh, Star Wars hotel that's going to be a Disney World where you, when you stay there, you're like assigned a character name and you're totally. part of a storyline within the Star Wars universe. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's mind blowing. Didn't I read you guys did like an amusement park ride? Too? Yeah, we opened an amusement park ride at Elitch Gardens in Denver this past um, past April, just last month. It's like a, a slow, like dark rides are like these slow little moving rides that are on tracks. It's like the old school Disney rides. I love dark rides. Yeah, they're awesome. And so you you have a lot, you have you know people's attention for three minutes, and you get to kind of do whatever you want. And so yeah, we we kind of created a, a dark ride that tells the story of how the universe was created and how it will collapse into itself again. Wow. Entropy, I guess. Entropy, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. The story of entropy, the dark ride. Entropy, the ride. Entropy, the ride. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of. Okay, so I read, um, and you've talked a little bit about you guys are working with more technology. So it seems like originally yeah. it was very um, uh, more uh, low tech stuff, but you're experimenting with a lot of new technology, mixed reality. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I mean, I think our belief is that we want as many people to experience and express imagination as possible. And the experiencing and the expressing of imagination is not medium-specific or exclusive. It's agnostic to medium. It's agnostic. It's so, you know, any... So so with that in mind, like digital... The digital world and digital technology is an incredible tool for the expression and experience of imagination, as we all know. So we... we absolutely want to be able to embed the latest technologies into our work in order for people to experience and express more imagination than ever before. So mixed reality is definitely from what we've experienced firsthand, like mixed reality is going to change the way that people experience story. It's going to be change the way people experience their own, you know, their own digital life kind of as a whole. Um, uh, you know, it, it's, the mixed reality headsets five years from now, 10 years from now, um, we want to be prepared to be able to take advantage of those as much as possible. So as we do spatial storytelling in a physical sense, the mixed reality headsets allow us to do spatial storytelling in a digital sense. And the combination of the, of the two is going to provide, um, you know, experiences that just people have never seen before, you know, and, and we're, we're, we're a couple years away from being able to unveil to customers headset-driven mixed reality immersive experiences that are going to just leave Jaws on the floor. I mean, they're just, you know, the, the opportunity there is massive for how imagination can be experienced and expressed. Do you envision using technology to make it more of a personalized experience? Sure, totally. Yeah, the video game, you know, the history of storytelling, the film industry then got replaced or isn't, you know, in the transition of then getting replaced by the video game industry. And what the video game industry did was it put the, the, the viewer as the player. And so we are going to continue on that track. Like people want to be, why watch, why watch the person go and slay all the dragons when you can be the person slaying all the dragons, you know? I mean, so, um, so we're absolutely going to personalize it and bring the, um, experience of storytelling into people's lives, not just as a, not you know not just on the screen, but into people's lives. Thinking about storytelling a little bit. So for those of you who guys aren't aware, there's an excellent film origin story. Is it Meow Wolf colon origin story? Yeah, um, about the origin story of, of of Vince and the Meow Wolf team. It's absolutely excellent. So. 
you guys take so much care in creating a detailed backstory. Um, one of the things that I learned in that film was that at the House of Eternal Return, even though you never encounter an occupant of the house, you have a detailed backstory for the family and they, uh, that lives in this house, right? Like, like you had a whole like group of people that were like creating all this. Totally. Oh yeah, we had a narrative team that built out this li- this family's life. They the family got cast and they went on road trips together so that we could film family videos of their road trips to then have in the house for you to watch. We the family has websites that they started and Facebook profiles and yeah, we built out a whole fiction around them. So you create a mythology backstory yeah. for each project. That's right. So my question is, you guys produce this film origin story. Are you creating a mythology and backstory for Meow Wolf as well? <laughs> yeah, totally. For sure. Yeah. There's no doubt. I mean, storytelling, it's all storytelling. You know, I mean, all, all that we are, the identities that we choose to, to, to carry with us on a day-to-day basis is a story. You know, our memories are a story. Our relationships to each other are a story. So... Yeah, we want to tell Meow Wolf's story. And Meow Wolf's story is one of like a bunch of broke uh, busters and waiters and front desk clerks at hotels who are also artists on the side, uh, rent a warehouse, d- have never thought about business, have never thought about like what success looks like. They just want to express themselves. And we're dumpster diving. We have no money. People don't think that we are worth anything. We get paid minimum wage. And... Ultimately, the industry that we're trying to break into is totally flawed and we're trying to subvert it, and which is the art, you know, the art industry. And um, then seven years later, that same group of people, exact same people who are in that warehouse scraping to get $1,000 a month to pay for rent is now a, you know, $200 million company that just, you know, closed $100 million financing and growing into multiple cities around the world. And that's the story. So that's the story that we wanted to tell. And, you know, whether we succeed or fail, I think it's really important that that story is told because, you know, we're essentially criminals. We're essentially like, we were people who were like, who were com- completely carved out of the conversation of business or of entrepreneurship or of culture. And we were basically just like completely disregarded. And there are pockets of people like us everywhere in every city that, whose creativity and whose imagination carries way more value than the world of business will ever give them credit for. And could like, it's like hilarious. Every mall operator in in America is desperate for the next creative thing that's going to fill their square footage to save their business model, to get people through the door. And yet there's so many starving artists out in the world who are the creative solution to their square footage that's not getting foot traffic. Yet there's not a valuing of that creativity because they're, they're seen as punks, they're seen as uh, anti-establishment, they're seen as criminals, they're seen as not having value, even though clearly that's what the consumer is wanting. They want creativity, they want culture, they want authenticity. And so that's the story that we want to tell because that's, at the end of the day, whether we succeed or fail, that's the thing that needs to live on. I feel like I don't have anything else to say after that. That was absolutely <laughs> perfect. We should, we should leave it at that unless you've got anything you want to add. No, that's cool, man. Yeah, thanks I for having that me. That was absolutely perfect. Um, yeah, I mean, you guys have totally subver- subverted the model of art and turned it into a people's art. And I'm, yeah, I'm totally impressed. 
So for our listeners today, if you've got a comment on today's show, you can leave a message on the Where We Buy hotline, and we'll use your voice on an upcoming episode. Give us a call at 602-633-4061. Be sure to tell us your name and where you're calling from. You can hear more interviews. We do audio retail tours and new research insights by subscribing to Where We Buy on the iPhone podcast app, on Spotify, or wherever it is you get your podcast. You can go to our website. That's wherewebuy.show. And a special thank you to ICSC that made this live podcast possible. All right. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. You're awesome.